Good afternoon. How's everyone doing? It's good to see you guys. I missed you guys. If you don't know, I, I was away for a couple of weeks supporting my son. We're doing some father-son basketball trip stuff. But what I'm thankful for is I'm thankful that Toronto State Church is not just built on me. Amen. It's built on a family. And uh, it's built on an amazing team of leaders. Uh, Pastor Rick brought a great word a couple of weeks back. They're really good. Really, if you missed the message two weeks ago, make sure you go listen to it because it was such a, a word from the Lord for our church family. And then Pastor Samuel did a great job last week, brought a great word as well. So those are really good. But I'm excited to share. I got a couple things. Today's going to be a little bit of a buffet. Got several different things we want to hit on and talk about. Uh, first off, though, I want to... So do you have something to share? Mara's poised there like she's got something, so... I'll be back in a moment. I'm so sorry. Um, Joel and I were just talking about what happens when we corporately go into moments like that of praise, that our praise does bring individual breakthrough, but it brings regional shift in the spirit. And um, as we were even engaging in that moment, I, start, I started to see the foundations um, start to move. It was like the soil around the region started to, to react differently. And I, um, I also said to Joel that I felt like in these moments that God wants to give each and every one in this place an opportunity if they've never received Christ to receive Christ. Um, I just felt like, why miss a moment? I know Pastor Brennan's probably going to do it on the end, but it's not just receiving Christ, but it's also receiving. I felt like the Lord was dealing with not only the foundations in the region, but the foundations in the heart of men. And that some, I felt like there's one particular in this room that, that the Lord says to you, this is the day of salvation. This is the day. And coming out of that moment of praise, it's like, why are these wild ones, you know, on their face worshiping? Um, it is because it's about a, a bit of a sign and a wonder for you that there is a king that does sit on the throne. And today is the perfect day of salvation. So I want you to bow your heads for a moment. And once again, like whether somebody responds or not, I just felt like the invitation must go forward. And this is an invitation to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says that we have all sinned and fallen short. We all have missed the mark. We all have done things that do not hit the standard of righteousness in the eyes of God. And I felt like there was somebody that was contemplating on the foundational levels. Is this for me? Is this not for me? Should I be here? Should I not be here? And it felt like almost like a twisting tree on the inside of you that you're just like, I don't know. Like, and it may not just be like, oh, are you a, a, a Christian? It may just be you're contemplating on a deep level, your identity and the foundations of your identity being in Christ. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, I just want you to wave at me. And once again, yep, there's someone here. Anyone else? Somebody else here? Okay. A couple more people here? Okay. I want us to pray. I'm going to ask, I'm going to turn back over to my husband so he can kind of lead us and then lead into his message. But I want to pray. We need to pray for you this morning because I feel 
the heart of God for you that he's saying today's the perfect day to get to know me. Today is an opportune moment to begin to see your life change because of knowing who God is. So let's pray this and just everyone let's pray it all together. But if you raised your hand or you know you should have and your heart's there, I want you to pray it from the bottom of your heart. Say, Jesus, come on, let's pray it all together. Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you came for me. Thank you that you died. Thank you that you rose again. Today I turn my back on sin. I commit my life to you. Forgive me. Fill me. Free me. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Something powerful happened when you prayed that. God heard your prayer and God answered your prayer. And... uh, At the end of the service, we want to give you an opportunity just to have someone to pray with you, so just stay tuned for that. But uh, yeah, several things. As I said, today is going to be a bit of a a buffet, lots going on. I got several different topics I want to address, maybe it's just because I've been missing a couple weeks, so I'm just like packed up with stuff I want to say. Um, But we do want to welcome all our first-time guests. If you're here with the first time with us, welcome. It's good to have you. Thank you for joining us. You could be a lot of different places you've chosen to be here. That really matters to us, and we're thankful for that. Uh, when you leave today, if you wouldn't mind, there's a connect table through the doors to your left. And we have a team member there. We'd love to meet you, get to know you a little better, and we have a free gift that we want to give you to say thank you. And we want to thank you for being with us, and thank you for joining us. So if you would give us that opportunity, we would be so thankful. But we are so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us. Secondly, there's something, lots of things happening in the city of Toronto. All kinds of things are going on. But this coming Friday, there's something uh, that's important. Last year, actually, after it happened, I talked with Victoria Martin, who's one of our leaders. She had participated. And I said, you know, I want next year, I want to share this with the church and give more people an opportunity to be part of it. But it's called the Toronto March for Life. And uh, it's where people from all around GTA, there's one that happens in Ottawa where people come from across the country, but there's one that happens in Toronto. And it's really for being a voice for the voiceless and standing for the rights of the unborn, which is a, a biblical value. It's something that the Bible teaches us to do. And so I just want to invite Vic to come really quick, and she's just going to share a little bit about it. She has a very strong personal connection uh, just to this movement, and then just an invitation. So why don't we welcome her as she comes. You know, Victoria, she's an amazing leader, mom, wife, business owner, and uh, all-around superwoman pretty much, right, Paul? So, yeah, but here you go. I was just asking Pastor Brent if I could go a little bit longer than I had shared in the first service. and I'm a bit of a mess right now just because of the weighty presence of God. My name is Victoria. I have six kids. <laughs> um, the, Toronto right, uh, the Toronto March for Life is organized by Toronto Rights of Life. It's also organized by um, Can- Canadian Centre for Bioethical Reform and another organization called We Need a Law. I had the privilege of working uh, with Toronto Rights of Life both on their education team as a speaker, um, just sharing the realities of abortion with high school students. I'm so sorry. And I also worked uh, with them part-time on contract doing administrative work, which was also 
uh, really convenient. When I had my fourth uh, child, I was able to pop her out and bring her straight to work. So she worked with me. That's the benefit of working for a pro-life organization. Um, so I guess you could say I'm really pro-life. <laughs> um, but the Bible actually calls us all to be really pro-life. And um, we know that abortion is uh, it's, it's a topic that's very controversial, obviously, um, a bit taboo. Um, but And I want to just share some, some things about it um, just to um, stir you guys up and encourage you that this is something that God cares deeply about. It's something that is kingdom-based. We're just singing, we want to see your kingdom here. And this is kingdom business. There are 300 abortions on average performed daily in Canada. One in every three women have had an abortion. I remember in high school, every single one of my girlfriends had at least one abortion. And if you look around the room, one in every three women in this room. And today, actually, Jonathan um, informed me about this after first service. Today is actually Bereaved Mother's Day, International Bereaved Mother's Day, and uh, leading up until Mother's Day next week. And so um, I just want to say off the bat that if you have had an abortion, I grieve with you. I mourn with you. There's no judgment. There's no shame. Um, the the abortion, uh, the pro-life movement, I should say, is, is not one of condemnation. It's one of love for both the mother and child. Some other abortion statistics in Canada. Um, Canada is one of three nations worldwide that have absolutely no restrictions on abortion. So you are able to have an abortion all the way up until nine months of pregnancy in Canada, and it's completely legal. And one-third of our generation, from the beginning of the sexual revolution, which brought in birth control and all of that, basically separated sex from God's intended purpose, or one of the intended purposes, which was procreation, and said that you can have sex, but not what comes from that. Um, One-third of our generation is missing today because of abortion. And um, how many of you guys have an iPhone? Or an Apple product? Um, Steve Jobs was actually adopted. And Paul and I were actually just talking about this the other day, and we were thinking, like, how, how many inventions, how many things that God actually intended to come through the earth through, through people are not here today because of the, the mass abortion of, of the genocide of our generation that's not here today. So we have iPhones today, and we can thank Steve Jobs because his mother chose life for him. And so I'll share a little bit about my story and why, uh, how I got involved with the pro-life movement. My um, oldest daughter, Ayanna, she's turning 17 years old now. I was 20 years old when I found out I was pregnant with her, and I was in college, just started college, and I had just gotten into a really unhealthy relationship with her father. And so all the way through my pregnancy, I was pressured to have an abortion um, up till seven months. I even had my aunt who worked in the medical field arrange with a doctor, spoke with the doctor and arranged that he, she's told me that he was ready to do it if I wanted to go forth with the abortion. And that's when I was seven months pregnant. I had already had a 3D ultrasound, saw my daughter sucking her thumb, kicking in the womb. I was thinking of names for her, planning my baby shower. Fast forward to my sixth child, Judah, who's right over there sleeping. Um, during my pregnancy with him, there were some complications. They found out during my five-month ultrasound that he... Um, 
his brain ventricle on one side was much larger than it should have been. And so I had to go in for routine checkups every three weeks and have ultrasounds at the hospital. And I had a a specialized team following me. Um, And at the eight-month mark of my pregnancy, when they they noticed that things weren't really getting better with the size of the ventricle in his brain, they sat me down and they told me they want to talk about, you know, what the options were. And I asked them, if I wanted to have an abortion, would that be okay? And they said, yeah, we would make the arrangements for that to happen at eight months pregnant. And my, do- my son is here. My daughter is almost 17. They're both blessings to me. Um, the Bible talks about children being a blessing and a heritage from the Lord. You know, we live in a society that tells us that children are a burden, that, you know, um, it's just, it's, it's, not, it's not something you want to get into. Keep your family size small. Uh, but God is pro-life. God is pro-life and he wants us to stand up for injustice. And so we're going to be marching um, at Queen's Park on Friday, this coming Friday. It's from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. I know that many people are working, but if you're free, you're welcome to join us. Um, I I just wanted to really put out there, though, for those who um, maybe have had abortions or participated in an abortion decision, uh, maybe you feel like, I can't get involved. That, That would make me a hypocrite. It's covered under the blood. There's forgiveness at the cross. And so maybe we can have some ministry time at the end as well for that. If anyone wants to just lay that down because God wants us to be able to come to him with clean hands and a pure heart. And we actually need your voice in the pro-life movement to share your experiences because that's something that's not talked about. It's not shared about the depression and the torment that women go through post-abortion. And so I just really want to encourage you guys. Again, this is kingdom business. It's interesting because, you know, this is uh, May. Mother's Day is coming up. Um, Like I said, that today is bereavement, uh, bereaved Mother's Day. And in Proverbs 31, right before it talks about the Proverbs 31 woman, in verse 8, it talks about speaking up for those who who can't speak for themselves and ensuring justice for those who are crushed. And so true feminism is not building our success on the blood of our children. The earliest feminists in the suffrage movement, they were all pro-life because they all recognize that woman, womanhood includes motherhood and that is what makes us distinct and unique and beautiful. And so, again, I want to encourage you if, you, if you have any questions, feel free to talk to me after service. There's going to be a sign-up at the, um, the website, the church website. If you want to come, we're going to organize where we all meet, all of that. Paul and I will be there with Judah, my youngest son. Um, and again, um, if you, um, anything that I said resonated with you today and you want to come up to the altar after service, please feel free. Thank you so much, Victoria, for just sharing from your heart. So we want the opportunity to kind of people to be able to go together because you know sometimes people want to go, but they're like, I'd be by myself. So sign up online, and we'll send out some information. Vic is going to kind of lead a church team, and it'll just be an opportunity to go and be part of that. And I really want to uh, say what Vic said, because we understand online and even some people here, for some people, this might be a tough topic or it might be something that, uh, you know, kind of maybe caught you off guard. You weren't expecting to come in and hear about this on Sunday morning. But we're going to have, I mean, we're having a ministry time afterwards. Uh, and and, and that's, that's and Vic's going to be, and we'll have some people to pray. But also if you've got questions, if you're not sure about it, you've got some doubts about, but wait, what about this, what about that? 
we're, we're here to have conversations, and we're here to talk, and we're here to go to the Bible and find out what God says. That's part of our Christian walk. So, so I just want to encourage you in that, because that's part of following Jesus, is taking the Word of God and applying it to every part of our life. And I just love the heart that you shared with Vic. Thank you so much. And just even for that, if, if that's something you've been through, there's no condemnation at all. It's, it's, there's just forgiveness in Jesus, and it's processing, walking these things out. So it's an amazing opportunity to be involved. So thank you, Vic. Also, that's Friday. On Saturday, we're having Saturate Saturday uh, for the ladies. My wife wanted me to put a plug in. So here's the deal, ladies. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. you got to sign up by Wednesday. Everybody say, by Wednesday. <laughs> And there's always people, always, Friday, oh, I, can I still sign up? Can I still come? And, yo, we want you to come. We want you to be there. I mean, I say we. I won't be there, actually, myself. But you just make our organizer and our administrator's life so much easier if you sign up by Wednesday. So tell your neighbors, sign up by Wednesday. Unless they're a dude, they can't sign up by Wednesday. But tell them to tell the woman in their life to sign up by Wednesday. Also, want to mention another shift that's happened here at church over this last month. But we've had some staffing shifts that have gone on. So we just wanted to mention, you're going to kind of, again, you probably crossed paths already. But we have two new members joining the staff team here at Toronto State Church. The first is Natalie Sire. And so she is coming as our administrative coordinator. And so now if you want to stand up, wave really quickly. So we're excited to welcome her. And you'll be emailing a time with her or cross paths with her in that. The other who's not here today because she's actually running a 10K, but uh, Janine Gordon is going to be coming as administrative specialist in a part-time as well. So we want to welcome her. And then part of what precipitated this change is we also want to let you know Timotheus Green, who has been in the administrative co- coordinator role, is stepping into full, a full marketplace job role. God opened up an amazing opportunity for him in the marketplace. And so we wanted to bless him to step into that. He's still going to be, I mean, honestly, he still comes in on Wednesdays. Like he's still, <laughs> I'm like, we're, we're laughing as a team. He's, he's still here, but he's technically not on staff anymore, but he's still volunteering. He's involved. But I wanted to publicly honor him and thank him as as well, uh, just for the, the work that he's done. And then also, parents, we shared a little bit of a shift with Paul's role. We're still leading youth, but it's just looking a little differently. So just some changes, but we're excited. And uh, if you have a chance to meet Natalie, I'm sure you'll get to at some point, Janine. And, and we're, we're glad to have them serving on the ground rule for us. So a couple things I want to make sure we focus on today. We're, we're going to be starting a new series. It's our Legacy Series. So this is our, our annual series we do every year around this time, and we focus on legacy. But before we do that, I wanted to just make a comment as well, because one of the things I've committed to is periodically, I want to just talk a little deeper about our giving and, and just our, our, our financial stewardship here at Toronto City Church and why this is so important. Uh, because of the shift to online giving and a lot of the changes that have happened, we don't necessarily do where in the past we do like a little offering teaching every week and, uh, and then we take up the offering and that was kind of part of our service. Well, things have kind of shifted and we're okay with that. People are still giving generously. But I, I feel it's very important. Boss says my people perish for lack of knowledge. So it's really important we understand what we're doing and why we're doing it. So periodically, I'm just going to block off the first part of my message. And I want to just talk to you a little bit about this area because it's so important. So it's kind of joking with Vic because she already mentioned, you know, abortion's maybe a little bit more of a, like, so we're going to do abortion. We're going to talk about tithing and giving. I mean, we're just packing everything in today for this. Sunday and, and uh, we're going to talk about it. but I want to I share with you a little bit more if, if, to give you some context one of the spiritual disciplines that we believe in, one of the practices of following Jesus is, is stewardship with our finances uh, everything we have comes from him everything belongs to him 
uh, in, in that capacity. He entrusts us with it. He gives it to us. But one of the things that we believe the Bible teaches very clearly is that part of being a disciple is we bring our tithes and our offerings to him. Our tithe is our first 10% of all of our increase. Offerings are things that God puts in our heart above and beyond to give. And we believe this is so important. We believe it's biblical. We believe it's part of following Jesus. Uh, We believe that it opens the door to amazing blessing, to amazing things that God has in our lives. And so we encourage everyone in Toronto City Church to be part of this and to do it. We're not trying to force anyone to do it. We're not kind of coming up with schemes to kind of whatever. But we want you to teach you the word of God because it opens up so many great things in your life. Now, what I wanted to talk a little bit about today was I talked about this last month. And and I want to let you know, hopefully this theme's coming through today. We want to be a church where we can talk. We want to be a church where we can ask questions. We want to be a church where you don't have to just blindly believe something right off the start. We want you to go to the scriptures. We want you to learn. We want you to talk. And so what I love is I love when we talk about something. I love when people in our church ask me questions about it. I love when people want to dig deeper. I don't get offended if someone maybe is like, well, I'm struggling with this a bit. I don't see it. I mean, you know, if you message me and just say, you're an idiot. I don't know what you, you don't know what you're talking about. I don't really like messages like that so much. But if there's messages where people are just genuinely wondering about things, I want us to always have this kind of answer. So someone had asked me a question. They said, you know, I've been reading. So we talked about last month. They said to me, yeah, I've been reading. And I'm sure some of you, if you go on Google, you'll run into this very quickly. They said, isn't tithing under the law? They said, isn't tithing under the law? Isn't it part of the old Testament? And because we're in Jesus, it's something we don't need to do anymore. And so, you know, and if you go, if you go right now, there's, that's kind of a very big theme that you will run into. And it can be a little tricky at first because you go, well, wait a minute, is it? And are we supposed to do this and how this has worked? Without going into a massive message, let me just encourage you in a couple thoughts why I think tithing is still for us today. First and foremost, the argument starts that tithing is under the law. But biblically, tithing was actually pre-law. See, the law was instituted by Moses. God gave the law to Moses, and he gave it in Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. That's when the law came through. But we always have to remember biblical interpretation. We have to remember the rule of first mention, which means the first time something is mentioned in the Bible, was you're studying a topic, always go look for the first time it's mentioned, because that's going to have some weight in what that topic's about. And the first time that tithing was mentioned was before the law was ever given. It was when Abraham, God had blessed him with a victory in a battle. He took the spoils, and he gave a tithe to Melchizedek. Without going too far in, but Melchizedek, many scholars believe, was a pre-incarnational appearance of Jesus Christ. But whether he was or he wasn't, he was a priest of God. So we can't say that tithing is under the law because tithing was before the law. Furthermore, we do see the law talks about tithing. But how many of you know that Jesus did not come to abolish the law? He said, I came to fulfill the law. And how many know there's a lot of things in the law that in Jesus we still follow? Example, thou shalt not murder. Right? Because we're now in Christ, does it mean we can go murder? It's not a trick question. You can say no. I see a lot of you are kind of like, no. Right? It's just, that, that still applies. Uh, you shall not commit adultery. Because now that we're in Jesus, can we just go and commit adultery? No, definitely not. There's so many things. There's things that are ended, but there's things that are continued, but the spirit with which we fulfill them are different. And I would suggest that that tithing falls into that category. It doesn't fall into one thing that ended, like some of the dietary laws or some of the different restrictions, because it said very clearly those were clearly changed. But it's something that continues forward in a New Testament heart and a New Testament spirit. Furthermore, if you study in the New Testament, there is nothing in the New Testament that would speak against tithing. 
It actually is affirmed. Jesus affirmed it. Giving is affirmed in that. And so we see that it was pre-law. We see that it was still things, it's can carried forward in, in the spirit of the New Testament. And we see that it was also affirmed. And so when you run into this and so say, well, it's just law, understand that, no, it is something that with the right heart we can carry forward. Uh, you know, someone could really say, yeah, but I just don't know, Pastor. And, and you know, I could have a conversation. So I don't mind having these kind of conversations. Someone says, well, I just don't know. I just don't think it's New Testament. So my last question to this person would also be this. So you must be doing more than 10%, right? Because there's nothing, there's no biblical context where we would give less because of Jesus. Does that make sense? I'm in Jesus, so now I can give less. Right? It's a, what did Jesus say? He always took it a step higher. So, but, but here's the last thought I want to hit you with on it because it's really about the heart. It's really about the spirit. And, and here's the question I, I want to ask. Why wouldn't we want to give to the kingdom of God? Why wouldn't we want to support our local church? Why wouldn't we want to take what God is blessing us with and use it to advance his kingdom? And I think that's a heart question that I know I've had to wrestle with at different times in my life. It's go, wait a minute, if I'm, if I'm not wanting to give to God's kingdom, okay, let me dig into my heart here. What's going on? Because why wouldn't I want to give? You know, it's a little bit like with my relationship with Pastor Sharon. If, if I never wanted to give her anything, how many of you might go, uh, might be a problem here in the relationship. I just want to give her anything. We go on vacation. I make her pay for her half of the bed, <laughs> right? I make, I make her pay. How about you? All of you guys are going, that's really weird. That's, that's wrong. You know, we always go Dutch. It's just like, listen, you make your money. You pay for your meal. I pay for my meal. I mean, you go, there's something in this relationship is not real healthy right now. Why? Because love always flows out in giving. And so I just want to encourage you, if, if there's, with that heart, let, let's make sure and understand that just so the enemy doesn't kind of come in with that and start going. And I know for most of us, the reason we wouldn't give, I know, especially in a church like this, if someone struggles with it, it's not just because I'm like, no, I'm just going to be rebellious and I'm not giving and blah, blah, blah. That's usually enough. For most of us, it's either we, we don't, we're worried we won't have enough. Or, or maybe we've had some bad experiences with kind of church in the past, and so it's really hard to step into that area. And so here's what I want to encourage you in it, though. I want to encourage you. It's going back and saying, okay, God, it's, it's, I'm giving to you. It's, it's his heart. It's, it's dealing with fear and stepping out in faith and trusting God and watch what he does in your life. Because there is so much blessing that comes when we bring this area of our life into alignment with Jesus. That's why we teach it. That's why we talk about it. Because we want you to win. We want you to walk in the fullness of what God has for you. And so there's always, when I talk about this, there's three types of people in the room. There's those of you who are just on board. You do this. You live this. I want to encourage you. Keep giving. Keep being generous. Keep believing God. He wants to give you even more to sow into his kingdom. There's some, a second group of people you've never heard this kind of thing before. It's brand new to you. So I just want to encourage you. There's something powerful when you learn to give to God. And when you learn to tithe and give, it's not a loss, it's a gain in your life. And then last but not least, there's some people and, you know, you just kind of, you got a little uncomfortable when I started talking about this. It was kind of not your favorite part of this pastor. Just hurry up and finish talking about this. Let's get to the message because maybe you've had bad experiences with this or maybe it's, it's a hard area. And here's what I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Take a step of faith and watch what God does. I mean, straight up, if you've had some bad experiences in church, 
let's set up a meeting. I can show you how we steward things and how we do things well so you can trust what's happening. Like, whatever we have to do to help that, but don't let yourself get boxed out from this amazing blessing that God has for you because of a bad experience in the past. Or with that, if it's fear, take a step of faith and watch God come through for your life. Amen? And so I just want to encourage you guys in that. And as I said, I just from time to time, that we have our. So let me just pray for us in this. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. And Lord, obviously, we've hit on a lot of different things today. But as we've talked about our giving, Father, I thank you that you want to pour out just such amazing blessing on so many levels. But there, there's, there's an anointing on our church family, God, to be able to give into the kingdom. To be able to be generous. To serve. To support. To, to, uh, to fund kingdom ventures. And so, Lord, I thank you. But part of that is learning to be faithful with what we have. It's learning to be faithful right where we are. And so I thank you for continuing to grow the spirit of faithfulness in this church. Father, I thank you for continuing to grow the faithfulness in our hearts. And, Lord, I thank you, God, for that spirit of faith in our hearts to rise up even more. God, that we are givers and we trust you in this area. In Jesus' name, and everyone agreed, said, amen. All right, last part, and oh, I can just already hear my wife's voice inside my head. Vic was talking about the March for Life. That's an amazing opportunity. There's something else that we participate in, many of you would not be aware of, but it's weekly. And it's a, uh, uh, it's a life room prayer call. So basically, uh, we have friends, maybe you know of Fateen, but they've established 24-7 prayer through virtual Zoom kind of calls to pray into this area and to pray into this issue. And so we actually take a weekly slot as a church. And we would love to have a few more members of our church family join into that prayer call. And so if you're interested or you're available to be part of the prayer call, it's an hour. It's just getting together with other members of our church and praying specifically in this area. Let us know. We'd love to have you on board. But let's talk for a few last moments. This is my last segment today. Let's talk about legacy. Everybody say legacy. So we have our annual legacy series, and this is the time of the year. It's, it's something we started to do annually, but legacy is talking about something that is built by one generation and entrusted to the next. It's something that is built, it's something that's sacrificed for, it's something that is developed, and then it is entrusted, is taken from one generation and is trusted the next. That is what a legacy is or what a legacy is about. And so what we do in our legacy series, and today will be more of an introduction and then we'll be talking about it in the weeks to come, is we talk about who we are as a church. We talk about what God has called us to. We talk about what we are building as a church family, and we talk about where God is taking us. So this is an opportunity for us to focus, and that's what we're going to focus on over the next number of weeks. We also finish up with our annual legacy offering, and this is an offering that we take up that's above our regular giving as God leads us. Again, we're not doing any slick fundraising things. We're just asking you to pray and do what God tells you to do. But it's giving towards helping advance the church. So for example, our sound system a couple of years ago, that was part of our legacy offering was updating the sound and it's helping us to kind of build and move infrastructure forward and so we kind of release these are the goals for this year's offering so we'll release that in a couple weeks that's going to be on June 11th and then something else we're adding this year is on June 11th we have a surprise so we have a surprise for you that's all I'm telling you but there's also going to be another surprise kind of finishing up legacy so you want to make sure that you are there on Sunday June 11th but here's what I thought today what I wanted to start with is we've been growing a lot as a church family. There's a ton of new faces, which I'm loving. I mean, I just got a chance. We did the property cleanup yesterday. And thank you to those who came and supported. And I got to meet somebody in church I'd never met before. And they kind of relatively new. I mean, they'd been for a while, but a little bit. But it's just great to talk and connect.
connect. I love that. I love meeting all the new faces and new people that are coming in. But I thought for this year for Legacy, at least my part of it, I want to go back to the basics of our vision, who we are as a church, and where we're going, what we're all about. And so today I want to take just a few moments I want to encourage you with our mission. Everybody say mission. Because we have a mission here at Toronto City Church. There's different ways that different churches or organizations will break down their vision. For us, the vision is the big picture of what God is saying to us and where he's taking us. And then we break it down into several different components. We have a mission. We have core values. We have some long-term goals. But I want to just take some time today. I want to talk to you about our mission. I want to stir our hearts because actually, it's interesting, even in preaching it in first service this morning, the Lord was really convicting my heart about some things regarding it and about bringing us back just to the simplicity of the mission he's given us. What is a mission? Well, I looked in dictionary.com, and a mission is a group or committee of persons sent to a foreign country to conduct negotiations, establish relations, provide scientific and technical assistance, or the like. This is part A of the definition. I, I already, I mean, I thought, I started getting this, this definition. I'm like, I can just preach the definition. But a mission is a group of people that are representing another country or another nation that are being sent to a nation. There's a mission that's being sent. How many know that we're part of the kingdom of God and we are ambassadors of God's kingdom, right? You and I, we are ambassadors. But see, the very nature of being an ambassador is you're sent with a purpose, you're sent with a mission ambassadors are always somewhere on purpose and they're representing the country. They're not just there chilling, right? They're there with a purpose. They're there on a mission. We are ambassadors of the kingdom of God, but we're here with a mission. Everybody say mission. A a mission also is the business for which such group is assigned. We've got kingdom business. That is our mission. You have kingdom business. I have kingdom business. We have kingdom business together. Number three, mission is an important task or duty that is assigned, allotted, or or self-imposed. So there's a task. There's a duty that's been assigned. Who are we assigned by? We're assigned by the Lord. He has assigned us with this mission. The last part of the definition is it's an important goal or purpose that is accompanied by a strong conviction, a calling, or a vocation. God has purpose for us. God has goals for us. And it's something that we need to have a strong conviction about. What do you carry a strong conviction in your heart about? What has God placed in your heart as a conviction? What is that strong conviction? And so this is the heart of having a mission. Now, obviously, we are part of the broader body of Christ. This is not just about Toronto City Church. We are part of the body of Christ here in Toronto. We are part of the body of Christ in the nation of Canada. We are part of the body of Christ in the nation of the world. And there is a mission that God has given his body. But then there's also in each local church a way that we live that out because there is unity in diversity. And so we're part of the broader body of Christ. But this is the mission. And I want to talk to you for a few moments about the mission that I believe he's given us, the mission that I believe he wants us to recenter our focus in a fresh way on in this season. Uh, A couple more thoughts about mission, and then we'll talk about the actual mission itself. The mission is your foundation. Everything comes from that. We do a lot of things here at Toronto City Church, even this week. We've got kids' ministry happening. We've got stuff happening with the youth. The youth are getting ready to go in a convention. We've got marriage course on Thursday night, worship, worship practice on Tuesday night, small groups that are happening throughout the week, all, all kinds of things that are going on, but they all have to have the foundation of the mission. It needs to be woven through everything we're doing. Furthermore, the mission needs to be our North Star. 
What I mean by the North Star? Well, if you, and I'm not particularly skilled or good at this myself, I'm not really even trying to get out there, but I have been told that if you're out in the, in the wilderness, especially in the night, and you want to find your way, there's the North Star, which always helps you stay center on what's north. You know where you're going. It almost acts like a natural compass. And if you know how to find a North Star, you never lose your way because you always know where north is. You don't get turned around. Well, see, in the same way, the enemy wants to get us off the North Star of what God's really called us to. And without having this that we look back to over and over and over again, it's very easy for us to get turned around and for us to lose our way. Finally, a mission is a uniting force. A mission is what unifies. What is going to unite us together? It has to be something bigger than we all go to the same room on Sundays and sing worship songs and listen to a message. There's got to be something bigger that we buy into. So we're talking about our mission today. We're talking about our foundation. We're talking about our North Star. We're talking about our uniting force. How do we express this or how do we say it? Really simply, I want to say to you this. Our mission at Toronto City Church is to know God and to make him known. Everybody say know God. Everybody say make him known. Now, I will admit right off the top, I am not the originator of this language. I mean, really, the word of God is the foundation of our mission. And we can see it very clearly in scriptures. But this actually, I, I, I borrowed from YWAM, uh, Youth with a Mission, because it's just such a great organization. But I found in the past, I worked through some different mission statements and some missions of what we we're doing. And one day I asked our staff, I said, who knows what our mission is? And nobody on the staff knew what the mission was. <laughs> And I, I think in their hearts they knew, of course, pastor, but they couldn't articulate. But I realized it was my fault because it was so wordy. It was so complicated. You had to really intend. So I, I thought, I was really praying. I said, God, just bring me the simplicity. What do we want to be about? And I thought, man, if it works, don't try and reinvent it. We want to be about knowing God and making him known. Come on, everybody say it again. Know God. Everybody say make him known. Let's break this down for a few moments. Part one of our mission, our foundation, our North Star, our unifying force is to know God. Guys, that's, that's number one. That is the foundations of all foundations. Our mission is to know God. Our mission is not just to know about him, but to actually know him. Let me read some verses to you about this. Philippians 3, 7, 11. I spoke into this several weeks ago, my last message. But Paul said, for whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Watch that. The surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Now just let me focus on the very simplest. Paul said the surpassing greatness of knowing him. He didn't say the surpassing greatness of being able to go to heaven, even though that's amazing. He didn't say the surpassing greatness of being able to walk in the power of God, even though we want to walk in the power of God. He didn't say the surpassing greatness of blessing and knowing that God has a plan for your life, and those are all good things. I'm not taking away from any of those things, but Paul said the surpassing worth more than anything else was knowing him. And there is a call to know God. So he went on to say that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. I love Jeremiah 9, 23 to 24. And I'd actually never seen this verse before studying for this message. I mean, maybe I read it one day, but it had never stuck in my eyes. It says, thus says the Lord, 
Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts, boast in this. That he understands and knows me. Everybody say, knows God. That I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For all these things I delight, declares the Lord. Again, hear this. He said, don't boast in anything else. Boast in the fact that you know God. And this is not talking about an arrogance like, oh, I know God and you don't. We're not talking about that. It's saying, what are you excited about? What do you value? What do you treasure? Treasure knowing God. Treasure having relationship with God. This is the call that we might know him. Jeremiah, a little later in Jeremiah, 31, 33 to 34, it says, For this is the covenant that I'll make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I'll put my law within them. So this is talking about when Jesus comes. And I'll write it on their hearts. And I will be their God and they will be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For they shall all know me from the least to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. He's saying in those days, it's not just going to be a few people that know me, but they will all know me. Guys, there's this stirring and this call. Number one, above all else, our mission is to know God. So I want to ask you today, is that your mission today? Is that what you've given your life and your heart to? Now, I know we're all supposed to answer, yes, of course, we're in church. Yes, amen, pastor, hallelujah, et cetera, et cetera. But I want to get beyond all that. And I want us to actually look in our hearts because I was, as I was preparing this message, and even today as I was just before the Lord, I was really feeling, man, I don't know if, I don't know if, if this has been the priority that I need it to be right now. Like, it's good. It's not like it's not there. I'm not backsliding or anything, but I felt like God just whispering in my heart saying, Brendan, it's time to step it up a notch. Brendan, it's time to go higher. It's a little bit like I was talking at the end of worship. Right? There's a level where we come in to be stirred and we come in to be filled and we come in to go after God. But the next level is where we're doing it in our everyday lives and we come in stirred, we come in filled. We don't come in and go, all oh, right, yeah, I gotta focus on God. We've had that focus all week and now we're coming in for the overflow of what God has already been doing in our lives. But see, it starts with the heart to know him. Guys, just a few more verses. John 17, verse 3 says, And this is eternal life, that they might know you, the one true God in Jesus Christ whom you sent. Daniel eleven thirty two: 32, Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Last one, I was James 4, 8, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Come on, somebody say, draw near to God. Say, he will draw near to you. This is an incredible promise. But it's interesting, I think a lot of times this is not the promise that we've put on our fridge or on our screensaver or on our phone or whatever else. Because here's what I realized in my life. I'm saying, God, help me. Here's part of my prayer. My prayer in this season is, God, help me, like Paul, to see the surpassing worth of knowing you. Are we maybe taking God for granted more than we should? Are we taking our walk with him for granted? I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to bring a rebuke today, guys. Because there's actually amazing things happening in our church. I've been telling people, I think this is like one of the best seasons that I can remember in some ways, just with the worship, the hunger for God. So I'm not in any way meaning this, but what I'm saying is, I'm saying, I believe God's saying like, this is good, but I think he's calling us to even more. And I believe he's calling us to go on this journey of knowing him in an even deeper way. You may have been on this journey Some of you have been believers for years and you've got such a deep, rich relationship with God. I'm not negating any of that today, but what I'm saying to you is there's more.
I'm saying that there are higher heights. There are deeper seas. I'm saying to you that there's even more. And I believe God would stir us up. And he's saying, listen, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. In other words, he's saying the door is wide open. There is nothing. But will you draw near to me? Will you take a fresh step on this journey of knowing me? And will you as a church make your number one mission to know me? That's why worship is so important because it's part of knowing God. Guys, I don't want you, my heart, like for our kids back there in kids' church, my heart above all else is that they would know God. My heart for our young people is that they will know and they will encounter God. My heart for every one of us, because when you know God, it transforms you. When you encounter God, it changes you. And there's so much warfare. The enemy does not, he wants, if, if he can't get you to backslide, he at least does not want you to push deeper in knowing God. But I want to encourage you in this mission. The number one call is that we would know God. Come on, somebody say know God. And I believe there's a grace and an anointing in this season for everyone who will say yes to him. Where God says, I want you to know me in new ways. I want you to know me in deeper ways. Will you go on the journey of knowing me in a way that you haven't known me before? Come on, somebody say no God. And then very quickly, this brings me to the second part of our mission because it doesn't stop just at knowing God. It starts there. But then knowing God flows into making him known. Everybody say, make him known. I won't take you through the verses right now, but you guys know the Great Commission. Matthew 20, 18 to 20, go in making disciples of all nations. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 to 20, go in the world, preach the gospel to all of creation. Guys, if we take a step back and just look at the narrative of the scripture, we see that God's heart is that people would know him. Right? God's heart is that we would know him. That we would walk with him. But how often do we fall into the trap of knowing God for ourselves, eating at his table, walking in his blessings, walking in his grace, walking in his goodness, but then keeping it to ourselves? There's this flow where he says, I want you to know me, but I also want you to make me known. Why? Because there's people around you in your life right now and they need to know me. There's people in your family that need to know me. There's so many people in this city that need to know me. And sometimes, you know, we can be guilty of sitting back and judging and, oh, it's so wicked and it's so dark. And all that. But God said, that's because they don't know me. And they need to know me. But I need you to go. I need you to share. I need you to open up your heart. I need you to open up the door. I need you to make me known. Come on, somebody say, make him known. Come on, John 3, 16 and 17, guys. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Right? We all know this verse. This is his heart. By love, we don't read verse 17 as much. It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Jesus came so the world could be saved through him. So why would we not make that our primary mission as well as the church? Why would we not make that our mission? We say, we want to know you, God, but we also want to make you known. We want to get your love. We want to get your good news. We want to get who you are to as many people as we possibly can. We talk about a picture that we've used here a lot at Toronto City Church, but we talk about we want to be rescue ship Christians and not cruise ship Christians. Now, I'm not here to preach against cruises. How many people here like cruises? Anybody like cruise? Anybody been on a cruise? Anybody want to go on a cruise? Anybody, you'll never get on a boat like that your entire life. All right, we got a few people that are just like, nope, you're not getting me on a boat in the middle of the ocean. I am not doing it. But here's the deal. Cruises are awesome because they're all about you. That's what you pay for, right? You pay. 
way to have food any time of day or night. You can just go eat. I mean, I don't know how good it is for you, but, oh man, you just, you can eat. I mean, while I'm on a cruise, my goal was just keep it under five pounds and I'll work it off afterwards. Because I'm like, but man, you just eat and you have shows and you can do excursions. You can lie by the pool. You can do everything. And that's great for a cruiser. But can you imagine the look you give? You walk on the boat. They handed you a mop. They said, hey, can you help clean up? You look at them like they're crazy. You'd be like, I did not pay how much money I paid to come. I'm here for a cruise. But see, the problem is that's good for a vacation, but it's not good when we have that mindset in a church. But too often in church, we still make it about me. The music I like, the message I like, my, I'm comfortable with. Oh, we're going a little long today. I don't know about this. It's all, it gets very centered around us in that. But in essence, God hasn't called us to be a cruise ship. God has called us to be a rescue ship. God has called us to be a ship that does not go out for pleasure, but a ship that goes out with a heart that says, you know what? I got pulled out of the water, but there's some people back there in the water. I got some friends. I got some neighbors. I got some people around me and so I get to cruise when I go to heaven. When I'm in heaven I will get to cruise for all of eternity. I get to be there with Jesus. I get to be there the, but God left me here for a reason and he didn't leave me here just to focus on myself. Listen, if salvation was only about me, God should just take you once you get saved because heaven's better than here anyways. But why did he leave you here? He left you here because you got a mission. He left you here because you got a purpose. He left you here because he's saying, hey, I pulled some, I pulled you out of the water. I pulled you out of danger. I pulled you out of, will you well work with me so we can get somebody else out? Come on, somebody say rescue ship. And we want to be rescue ship Christians. We want to be a rescue ship church that says our mission is to know God and then to make him known. Our mission is to reach as many people. A few more verses and then we're going to pray. And thank you for the little bit of extra stretch time today. Matthew 9, 37 to 38. Then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest field. The harvest is plentiful, guys. There are people right now and they might not be looking to go to church. They might be looking for something to do on Sunday mornings, but they're looking for God. And you know him. Will you introduce him to them? Will, 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 we, will we catch this heart? And I just feel like in this season, uh, let me say another verse, Acts 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you so you can shake. No, I didn't say that. You know, I don't mind shaking in the spirit. I really don't mind. We're good charismatics. I'll shake in the spirit. Right? So, so you can have spiritual gifts. That's why the Holy Spirit came. Well, yes, but that's not what he said is the primary. First, what did he say? You will see power in the Holy Spirit come on, and you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea, to the end of the earth. In other words, that's what the Holy Spirit's coming. And I'll say this, guys, because we can be, we are a spirit-filled church. We are a charismatic church. But sometimes if you disconnect the power of the Holy Spirit in your life from being a witness, you will start to get off center. Whatever, there's so many things the Holy Spirit does in our lives. But it, it stays grounded when our heart is to be a witness. How many of us want to have the heart to be a witness? I want to have that heart to be a witness. I want to be a rescue ship Christian. And I can tell you guys, naturally, I, I'm introverted. 
I, I, I still get nervous talking to people sometimes. I know it's strange, but you're like, when you're on stage, it's different when you're on the stage. But sometimes if I'm just out on the street, I get really nervous just even trying to say hello to somebody. I struggle sometimes, but God is just stirring my heart. I'm saying, God, in this season, I want to go to a new place of knowing you in a new way. And God, I don't just want to preach evangelistic messages when I'm on the stage with a mic. I want to live them out every day when I'm in my everyday life. I mean, my coworkers are all saved, so I got to work a little harder than some of you, right here at the church. They're all saved, okay? So it's it's but but how do we have this heart? We say, God, and and I realize all of this comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. So if Justin wants to come back, if he's still here, I don't. Justin should still be here. But but here's what it is. I I I thought I thought about. I was just saying. I was like, God, just as he's stirring this, I'm like. I, I just feel like life's, there's been so much going on. I, I could sit down and tell you my personal life. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of good things happening. Me and God are good. I'm doing, like, I'm, I, I'm not doing bad. <laughs> but I also have this stirring in my heart that there's more. I, 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 I realize there's, there's, you know, there's times where you ride off the momentum of your relationship with God, but you're not necessarily, like, every day pressing in the way you need to. I feel like God wants to speak to so many of us about that. It's like, it's time for a fresh, a fresh pressing in. It's time for a fresh momentum. It's time for a fresh hunger to know him. When was the last time we shared Jesus with somebody? When was the last time we did something intentional to say, I want to make him known? Right? These are the things that need to just be, God, I want to know you. God, I want to make you known. And, and I've, I'm just asking God, I say, God, I feel like in this coming season, because I feel like there's some amazing things that are coming, but I feel like this becomes our foundation. This becomes our North Star, everything that happens. Because it's so easy to get caught up, but the heart is just saying, God, we want to know you. And God, we want to make you known. And I, I, I just, I felt like today, it's like a place for us, that, for those of us, because I'm making it. I'm making it where I'm saying, God, I want to, I mean, I want to, I want to, I want to lock in to a new, a, a new pursuit of you in a new way. I want, I want to lock into going after you, not just maintaining, right? Not just, not just maintenance, but pursuing the knowledge of God. And God, I want to make you known. I want to, I want to make you known to the people who are around me. I want to make you known. Help me, God. Help me to, to know you. Help me to make you known. Help me to go. And I, and I believe there's just like, with all the good things, and this is not a rebuking message. We're doing, like, we're great. Good stuff is happening. God is moving. But I feel like the Holy Spirit just wants to put some rocket fuel on it even more. And he's saying, I, I, there's a door. There's a door right now. You know, John in the book of Revelation, come up here, come up now. There's a door where God's saying, hey, I'm calling you to a new place of knowing me. And I just feel like God's saying, listen, there's so many people that need to meet me right now. Can you, will you help me? Will you make me known? Will you be my hands and my feet? Will you be my body? Someone needs a hug for me. Will you be the one who gives them a hug? Someone needs to experience my provision. Will you be the one who sows into them so they can experience my provision? Someone needs to hear my word. Will you be the one who shares my word with them? Because God's invisible, except in very supernatural experiences, they're not going to see him. But you know what? They can see you. They can see me. They can see Jesus in us when we walk with him. And so just as we're bringing this to a close, and I'm going to turn it over, 
to Pastor Jer and Norma or whichever one's coming at the end. I just feel like, will we say yes to a fresh season of knowing God and making him known? Will we say yes to a fresh focus, to a fresh mission? Maybe you feel a little bit like I was sharing where just there's been so much going on in life and maybe you lost sight of that North Star a little bit, but today you just want to come back. God, I want to know you and I want to make you known to somebody. Give me an opportunity. Help me. Give me courage. Open a door. Show me where you're working in people's lives. But I want to know you and I want to make you known. So just with head bowed and eyes closed, it's just a real simple response today. I'm, I'm no longer standing here because I'm preaching a message. I'm standing here in response to God where I'm saying, I want to know you. I want to make you known. Empower me in a fresh way with your spirit. And if you would pray the same prayer with me today where you say, God, I want to know you. I want to make you known. Empower me in a fresh way with your Holy Spirit. I want you just to stand up where you are right now. Just stand up across your, to your feet across this place. If you're online, you can just respond in whatever way is your heart. But we're saying, God, I want to know you. I want, and it's, it's, it's an amazing prayer because it's saying, I want to. And they say, Holy Spirit, help me. So let's just raise our hands to the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you today for this mission, this call to know you and to make you known. And I pray in Jesus' name for every person under the sound of my voice that we'll hear the call to go deeper in knowing you, that we'll hear this call to partner with you to make you known. And we'll say yes, we'll step through that door. And Holy Spirit, we just receive your empowerment today. I pray for a spiritual hunger to be lit inside of our hearts in a fresh way today. That hunger to know you. God, that that conviction of the Holy Spirit that propels us, that compassion for people, God. That compassion that all comes from the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And so I thank you for this heart to know you. I thank you for this heart to make you known. And so we thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed said. Come on, everybody say, know God. Everybody say, make him known.